Lord Jesus, we do just look to you this morning. We ask that you would meet with us. Lord, I pray that um, you, you would fill this place with your presence, with your spirit. I pray that you would speak to each one of us as we look at these verses, as we look at your thoughts, that they would, um, they would move us to come in line with your will and, and what you'd have for each one of us here. And I just ask for the grace for us to not only hear from you, but to respond to you and obey whatever it is you speak to us this morning. God, we thank you for how you've been leading us in this Thrive campaign and the plans that you have for us. And we, we are just excited for that. And we just tell you, we, we love you here this morning. We worship you. We look to you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we've got some handouts that will be coming here. Um, good news about the handouts. Well, you, you'll see them, but they're, they're two-sided handouts. There's blanks to fill out on both sides of the, the handout. So um, it may look a little intimidating at first, but I realize... I only have notes on one side of them, and it's a duplicate on the other side, so uh, it, uh, it won't be that bad. Anyways, we are in a, a series called Thrive, and this is part four of the Thrive campaign. And just to review that a little bit, um, Greg Miller kicked off the series a number of weeks ago, talking about being stewards of our time. Um, we had a series of talking about being stewards of our time and of our treasure. Pat Sokol talked on that. Then I'm going to talk about being stewards of our talents. Last week we took a little uh, tangent, if you will, and just talked about how the key to a thriving Christian life is faith. Your faith affects to what degree you will thrive. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, Talking about how to be a steward of your talents. And really I only have three, three steps, three ways that you and I can, each person, every person here could be uh, a steward of the talents that God has given you. So anyways, we'll, we'll uh, look at your handout here. I'm going to open it up with, um, you know, it's a parable. And I think this parable was actually shared a couple weeks ago. And we're going to review some of that again. But it is called the parable of the talents. Um, Pat Sokol shared from this as it related to finances, but I'm going to share on this from another angle here. So um, let's see here. Um, just read a couple lines here. This is Matthew chapter 25. If you've got a house Bible, if you've got a, a phone, you feel free to look it up with me here. Matthew 25 verse 14. Um, and Jesus was speaking and he shared this. He said, again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. And he gave, uh, to one, he gave five talents of money, to the other two talents, and to the other one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. And the man who had received five talents at once put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents uh, brought the other five. Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. Oh, there I go. I looked up from my page and only one eye is tracking here. Um, uh, his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, 
Harvesting where you have not sown. Gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. Here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has has will be given more and he uh, will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Throw that worthless servant into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, it's a very challenging parable of uh, one way that Jesus said he's going to relate to you and I. And we're going to just highlight a couple points from this, but um, we're going to look at some other verses here as well. But a, a few blanks just to figure out is one, you and I need to realize that God has uniquely shaped you, each one of us, you and I, to serve him. This parable has a phrase in here that says, you know, in some way it says it's about talents, it's about money. Pat Sokol uses to talk about our treasures. But there's a little phrase that's thrown in there that says, He gave to each one an amount of money according to his abilities. In some ways you might say according to his talent. God gave him one five, one two, one he gave just one. And... And it was money, but it was also related, directly related to that person's talents, uh, that person's abilities. And you and I need to know that, that each one of us, God has made each one of us uniquely. And, you know, at the same time, God is expecting a return, a unique return from every one of us. And we have to be aware of becoming the guy who just said, I was afraid. I was afraid to do anything for you with what you've given me. And I just buried it. And someday, that phrase that stuck out to me a little bit is, he returned and he settled accounts with them. You know, one day, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to settle accounts with you and with me. And he's going to see what sort of stewards we were with the time that we were given, with the treasures that we were given, with the talents that we've been given. My hope is that each one of us would give a good report at that time. You know, in in many ways, I I don't know how your report would be up to today, but the hope is that from this day forward, you and I would be living for that return and for giving an account, and an account where he would say, well done, well done, well done, well done. Come and share in my master's joy. That's that's the hope for each one of us here. But we're going to talk about some specifics about one way that you and I can honor God with our talents, serve God with the talents he's given us. The first step is to really know what you have and how he's made you uniquely. And so we're going to look at um, just an acronym here that will help us with that. A couple verses on this subject. Occasionally I've taught on this and I get people to give me feedback. They go, well, I don't know that I'm all that unique. Why am I any different than someone else? And uh, we're going to look at a number of reasons why every one of you is, is more unique than your fingerprint, more unique than your retinal scan that has a buckle in it now and things like that. Um, This verse in Psalm 139 just says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Another place, uh, Ephesians 2.10, it just says this, that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That word workmanship comes from uh, the word that literally means 
poem. It's where we get the word poem, that you are God's poetry. You are God's piece of art. And he's got things he's prepared in advance for you, uniquely for you. Someone who is fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And so, um, uh, some other, let's see here. So, God has uniquely shaped you. There's, now, if you've ever read the book, Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren has a section on understanding your shape. He uses this acronym. I'm going to uh, leverage this from him. Um, no, he says of all his materials, first time you, you quote him, say, you know, Rick Warren said this. Other times he said, just say, somebody said this. And so, somebody said this. They've used this acronym before. Um, and there's a few ways that you've been uniquely designed and, and shaped. Again, we're going to use that. Maybe an acrostic is a better word for that. But the, the S stands for spiritual gifts. Did you know that each one of you has been given unique, a unique spiritual gift or a unique spiritual gift set? And this one, um, you know, this point specifically, I would say, applies to you as a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, I uh, would love to talk to you and see where you're at in your faith and, and what we can do to help you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But the scriptures are very clear that when you come to faith in Jesus Christ and you receive his spirit, his spirit uh, enables you to have some gifts that would serve God better, serve his kingdom. And a few verses on that subject. Um, one says, uh, this is in Ephesians, um, I think this is Ephesians 2... 14, oh no, no, 1 Corinthians 2.14, it just says, whoever does not have the Spirit cannot receive the gift that come from God's Spirit. You need to have His Spirit to have this uh, type of gift we're talking about here, but again, His Spirit is available as a free gift, just as uh, the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers, is, it's all a free gift when you receive Him. Um, and so, uh, but anyways... Uh, Another verse says that Christ has generously divided out his gifts to us. Ephesians 4, 7. That's in the contemporary English version. He, he's generously divided out his gifts for us. Another place it says, uh, it is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And so when you become a believer, God uniquely gifts you with things that you can do with his grace. Things that you can do that before being a believer... Things you wouldn't be able to do this. Really, and the scriptures would say it's an expression of God himself through you. And there's unique ways he enables us to do that. And so that's a S is for your spiritual gifts. And, and God wants, he's going to one day check back on you and go, how did you do with what I gave you on your spiritual gifting? Um, another place is that your heart, you have a unique heart. I love this verse when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Mark here throws in and with all your strength. But you know, your heart is unique. Your heart is different than anyone else's heart on the planet. You have things that resonate with you that do not resonate with anybody else. There are things that are unique about your heart and one day God's going to go, what did you do with the heart I gave you? What did you love? What did you uh, have passions about with the heart that I gave you? And the hope is that we would give it a good account of that. And, and each one of us has a unique heart and things we're passionate about, things that we can serve God with. You need to know that. God's given us each unique abilities. A is for abilities here. I think that relates to things like your mind and your strength. Each one of us has a different mind. Each one of us has a different intellectual capacity. We don't all have to be um, 
like Einstein. You know, Einstein will give account for his mind. You will give account for your mind. And your strength. God has given each one of us unique physical attributes, um, which I think your strength speaks to. And so, one day, though, the Lord will say, what would you do with the abilities that I gave you, with the mind I gave you, with, you know, and again, that'll be unique. And so, um, not everyone has the same aptitudes and the same skills that develop more easily than, than others, you know. Um, another one is your personality. You know, you have a unique personality. Uh, it says, love the Lord your God with all your soul. I've heard it said one definition of soul, it's your e- eternal personality. It's, it's the essence of, of the expression of who you are. We are a spirit creature that has a soul that lives in a body. But every soul is unique, just like every person's DNA is unique. Um, and God says, I want you to, to love me with all your soul. Another verse I think about that Jesus shared when, um, in Matthew 4, he just said, um, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. God has given you things that you can serve him with, that only you can serve him with as well. Another thing is your experiences. Each one of us has a different set of life experiences, whether that's the family environment that you were brought up in, whether that's your educational experiences, your vocational experiences, your spiritual experiences, your painful experiences. But you know, every experience that you have, you can use to serve God with. You can use to serve and bless other people for Christ's sake. And and those experiences, a lot of times... There's opportunities even in your hurts, even in your mistakes, that you can take the lessons you've learned and pass those on to others. I think about one of the experiences that God gave me that he's allowed me to serve others with was my college experience. When I went to college, I, um, I was not a Christian. I thought I was, and I made all the wrong choices, and uh, I had a lot of experience with dating, and as I was just say, it was a lot of bad experience. And, um, but when I became a Christian, God gave me a new life and he gave me a new way of relating. And, you know, I can speak to people who are in that world. I love speaking to college students and say, are you doing things this way? Yeah, I did too. It doesn't work, does it? It's broken. And, and the results are terrible. And, but let me give you a new way to try things. And it's God's way. And I can speak from my experience and my hurts and pass on some, a way of life that God really blesses. And each one of us had a, a set of things that we can use to bless others, even hard things. Some of our, our greatest hurts are greatest opportunities to minister and bless others. And are you using your experiences to serve God? Because we should be. You know, again, the last blank we have related to this is that, that he expects a good return on all that he's given you. He's given you every cent that you have, every talent that you have, every, every second that you have. And he's going to ask for, how did that go? You know, he said he's going to come to settle accounts. And boy, if, if you knew that I, would, I was like this, you should have done X, Y, and Z with what I gave you. And, and the hope is that you and I can realize one of the first steps in um, honoring God with our talents and being good stewards of our talents is knowing what they are and then putting those to work. And so really that, that ties into the next point here as well is that uh, how do I figure out what my talents are? You know, maybe some people get on this journey like, I need to figure out me, who I am, and, and how to do the things that I like to do. And if I don't like to do it, I'm not going to do it. And, and those are not fun people to be around, you know. Um, but I love this verse here as it relates to your gifts and your talents. It says, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others. 
faithfully administrating God's, get, God's grace in its various forms. You know, the goal of the talents, the gifts, the, the shape that you have is, is to honor God by serving others. And sometimes people get in this world, it's like, well, if that's not my gifting, I'm just not going to do it. And if they do it, something they're skilled at, something they're good at, a lot of time it comes with tons of pride. And instead of being a service to others, it can actually be a disservice. And, and that's not the way God's kingdom works. That's not what he blesses. That's not what he wants uh, in return for what he's given you and I. And so we, we need to, you know, a great place to start to figure out what your gifts are is simply start by serving. Uh, the, begin to serve in any way that's needed. And cultivate a servant's heart. You know, this is a kind of a double-edged point here. Begin to serve. And once you begin serving and doing things, meeting needs uh, of others, whether it's, you know, in the church, there's a lot of opportunities there. There's ways to meet needs in, in your workplace or in the classroom or different spheres of influence God has given you. But once you begin to meet needs, you start to find out what God has made you good at. You start to find out what you get results in that it's different than, than what someone else gets results in. And then you can begin to kind of... Uh, you know, make the most of that and know that, you know what? God's, God's made me a people person. I better use that people person thing, not just for making great sales in life, but for winning people to their Savior. And, and each one of us, as we serve, you get to know a little bit more about who you are. But at the same time, we have to beware of going, well, I'm really good at this. And you know what? Uh, I don't know how many times in the last 15 years of pastoring, someone will come with their gift or their passion and go, here's what I want to do. Now sign me up. And many times it has to do with something that's right here on stage. Many times it has to do with being in the band. Hey, I'm gifted in music and um, I, I want to be in your band. I want to lead your band. And well, hey, good to meet you. This is the first time I've met you at church here. But probably not going to be in band yet. What we do is put people to work serving, often in places that aren't on the stage, to see if someone has a servant's heart or if they just want to gratify themselves with their skills. And um, so I encourage you, if, you, if you're new with us, um, there's a lot of opportunities to serve. There's going to be... Um, there's going to be even more. In two weeks from now, as we launch the two locations, we're going to have twice as many opportunities to serve and about half as many people in each location. Maybe not half as many, but uh, a number of people in this room will not be here in two weeks. They'll be down on the south side. And it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck sort of scenario. And people needing to meet needs, whatever they are, whether you're gifted at it, whether you're passionate about it, whether you have experience with it, you know, we're going to need all hands on deck here and a lot of opportunities for that. Um, I love this quote again from Rick Warren here. He says, your shape reveals your ministry. Certain things that you're shaped for will really be things you would minister well in, but your servant's heart will reveal your maturity. A lot of people gravitate towards things they're good at, but the real question is, do you have a servant's heart about it? Because, uh, only spiritually mature people do that in a way that actually serves others and serves God's interest related to others with, with the attitude of Christ. And so um, another quote here, you know, th there's two questions that you can ask um, in church, uh, in, in your spiritual life. These are questions as pastors, we often hear these type of questions. One is, uh, one is whose needs can I meet? And the other is, who's meeting my needs? Whose needs can I meet? You know, someone will come up and go, hey, is there something I can do to serve? Is there anyone I can help? And other times people are like, hey, let me sit down and tell you, people aren't meeting my needs around here, and I'm going to start with you. You fix it. Get my needs met. 
One of those is a spiritually mature person with a, a servant's heart, and one of those is not. One is more like, you know, we all start off like spiritual infants. And infants need a lot of intention. They need a lot of care. They need a lot of me, 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 you know. And eventually an adult changes from thinking only about themselves to being able to take responsibility for, for others. And, and that's a lot of spiritual maturity as well. And I, I love to ask you, which, which question are you asking more often? Who's meeting my needs? Or whose needs can I meet? Because we need a lot more of those and there's a lot of opportunities. And in that, you'll probably find out more about your gift, your, your shape. And you can honor God with that all the more. But again, uh, starting this, this next Sunday, we're doing a wrap-up to the Thrive Campaign. We're doing a celebration. And we're doing a send-off. And, and then we'll be meeting in two locations. And again... Um, we, we're going to need all hands on deck. We got a taste of this uh, last spring. We did a two months in two locations, and we came back together for the summer. A lot of people rose to the occasion, but I think we're going to need even more to rise to the occasion this time here. It's, uh, I was thinking through this, but I was thinking a little bit like, uh, reminding me of the old, the old uh, Star Trek clips or something like that. Whenever the USS Enterprise came into some challenging things, the sirens started going off, and everyone, man your stations. I forget what Captain Kirk said, but it was just like, I feel like we need this siren going off around here, going like, everyone, get something useful to do, because we've got things ahead. We've got, uh, you know, there's rough waters ahead in two locations, but in our culture, I don't know if you've noticed, the, the temperature towards Christianity in our culture just turned another notch down. And we need all hands on deck. We need people serving one another. Uh, one of the verses related to this I want to share is just, um, it's Galatians 6.10. But it says this, it just says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. You guys, we need to serve, and this point really talking about serving one another with your gifts and serving as a part of the church to, to help God's kingdom advance and help glorify his name. And so there's other ways to serve as well, which we'll talk about that. But again, it's all hands on deck. And I would love, if you don't have anything to do and you'd like to, we've, we will find a place for you. We will, we will make a place. We will do whatever. Um, we'd love to get your help. A lot of opportunities. And, and many of you are currently serving in, in probably each one of the letters of the acronym there and we're blessed by that and yet we're going to have to do that all the more here so um, the last point we're going to look at is is more related to serving outside of the family of believers here love this um, just read this uh, story recently from Mark chapter 2 some of you recognize it I just have one of the verses there but Mark chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 it just said when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later the news spread quickly that he was back soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors there was no more room even outside the door while he was um, while he was preaching the word of God to them four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd so they dug a hole through the roof above his head, and then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. And went on to, and uh, he eventually said, Oh yeah, they, people didn't like that he said he could forgive sins. And he said, By the way, which is easier to do, forgive sins or, or heal this guy? And trick question, only a person who could do a supernatural miracle like that is probably the only one qualified to forgive sins, God himself, and he did both, and the guy went off, but you know, a few things to just pull out of that as it relates to being stewards of our talent here is, um, you know, I'm just going to share this point here, 
We're in a season of discipleship uh, group where we're training people to share their faith, to be more effective. But really the goal of that, after we get some people trained and equipped and we continue to cultivate that desire to serve Jesus in any way we can. Um, the, the Inspire class, by the way, meets this Wednesday, this Tuesday night right here. That's in the, in the effort, really, of stirring up our, our desires to to serve Jesus in a zealous way. But um, anyways, we're going to be starting small groups here. We've come together in these two discipleship groups, but the goal is to relaunch small groups. And one of the things we really want to do when we relaunch small groups is have people who unite together to win the loss. That's your blanks there. We encourage you to start praying about starting a group or joining a group that unites with others to win the lost. Unites with others in the church here to win the lost. And uh, just a few lessons to pull out from the, the story of the four there. Um, the four who brought the paralyzed man. But one of them is this. They, they were compelled by love. By their compassion for their friend. You know, I don't know all the details of what played out there. But these four men, it doesn't even say how far they brought him on his, his mat or on his stretcher. My guess is they brought him a significant distance because they heard about Jesus and what he was doing. And they came up with some plan where let's haul our paralyzed friend here to Jesus. And uh, they were compelled by love and compassion. And you and I need to have that love and compassion stirred up for those who don't know Jesus. And... And we're praying for that. And uh, the Inspire class, I think, is designed to help us with that. But as pastors, we're, we just want us all to be praying about uh, aligning with something that our heart is stirred for love and compassion for those who don't know Jesus. Another thing we see there is that uh, which we can do is take faith-filled risks. They came from however far away they came with this paralyzed guy. They got to the place Jesus was, and it was just crowded with people. It would have been real easy to go... We did our dues. We brought our friend here. This place is packed out. There's no way we're getting to Jesus. At least our friend knows we love him. Let's take him home. But instead, they came up with some scheme about how they're going to climb on the roof. I don't know if you've ever tried to climb on the roof with a paralyzed person, four people in a stretcher. I have not, but it does not sound easy. Um, it would take some, some coordination. It would take a little ambition. It would probably be a risk, especially if this crowd of people sees you climbing on the roof. Then you start pulling the shingles off the roof to try to get through. Um, you know, there's a lot of risk in that, but, but they wanted to get their friend before Jesus here. And, and they took a risk, and they broke through the roof, and they lowered him. And I love that phrase there. They, they, they put him right down in front of Jesus. You know, and really, that's what we're trying to do as a church. We're trying to bring people before Jesus and say, here's the Savior. And, and let them have an interaction with Him that'll change their lives forever. Just like this guy's life was changed. And, and really, that's going to be the heart of small groups we want to relaunch here. And another facet of that is that you have to unite with other believers to do this. There was four of them working together. Sometimes we can get a heart for people, a certain type of people maybe, or so, something that, you know... We get a burr under our saddle for, and we may want to take risks. But then when it comes to uniting with others, we find out, uh, boy, those, those guys are hard to get along with. I got a heart for Jesus and the lost, but man, these other believers, they are, they are stinkers. I, I'd rather do this alone. You know, it takes significant humility to unite with four other goofballs like yourself, like me. It takes humility to do that. A lot of times it would be a lot easier just to go it alone. But, you know, think about that scenario there. One person hauling a stretcher, a paralyzed guy, it wouldn't have gotten, 
wouldn't have gone like it did. One person trying to get a guy on the roof to wouldn't have happened. You know, but a lot of times we do things on our own. We, we like doing things together like this, but then when it comes to teaming up with others, you know, they're, they're so selfish and they don't like the things I like. And um, all of a sudden, it's, it's a lot harder to unite and have the humility that it takes to work together to reach one. And that's what we're calling for. That's what we're asking for people to come together with the purpose of reaching the lost and stepping out in faith and being united to do that with others. And you know, a few other things we've talked about as pastors, kind of prerequisites would be things like um, when we relaunch these small groups here, if you've got ideas, again, I encourage you to pray about it. God might want you to lead one of these efforts or join with others who are doing that. But some of the things we're asking for is to do it in a way that aligns with the vision of the church. Our goal is to reach the world with Jesus, starting here. To help those who aren't believers become believers in Jesus. Help believers in Jesus become disciples of Jesus. Help disciples of Jesus become disciple makers with Jesus. And if you have a heart for something and you want to align with the vision of reaching the world with Jesus... We'd love to have your help. We'd love to have you aligned with that vision. Another facet that we're calling is not only something that's united with our vision, but to be a group that's led, where you have probably any small groups that we launch will have some sort of pastoral coach, someone that's just mentoring or coaching that world to to see that it it has everything that it needs to be well supported. We're also asking people with those to, to come once a month. To our leadership world, our Inspire class, we're calling it now, but where you can get more equipped to be a better leader, to initiate more effectively in whatever's on your heart, maybe things related to working together with your team. Um, You know, so, and then the last thing we're just asking that groups like that would be equipped to share the gospel. If that's our goal to get the good news out, well, someone in that group preferably a leader of sorts, would have the skills to be able to communicate the gospel in whatever venue they're going to find themselves themselves in. And we're glad to help with that. That's what this whole discipleship group is all about. But anyways, as, as we um, look to the future, we're going to need more people who have a heart to take their shape, their gifts, their heart, their passions, their experiences, and team up with others to reach the lost together. And we believe God wants to do that. It's on his heart. We believe God will bless that. And so I encourage you to be praying about that. Um, just to, to wrap up here, we're going to have a, uh, we asked someone to share just kind of uh, a life, a slice of life, just to illustrate some of this going on in their world. And so um, I'm going to invite up real quickly here, um, Zach Lamb, if you would come up and share kind of a story of what's going on in his world related, related to this and uh, one of the ministries here at the church. You guys, welcome Zach, if you would. All right. Um, maybe a, a few stories on uh, on just uh, being a servant. I uh, going back to point one. I didn't really know what I would uh, do uh, in being able to help or understand necessarily my shape per se. Um, but I just began to serve and serve, and I uh, started back at our sister church up in Fort Collins, and uh, I guess one story there is I love to play Ultimate Frisbee, and so then I would rally everybody around to come play Ultimate Frisbee, and then other people would come, and I decided, well, we need some water, so I brought a jug of water each week, and so it's, it's not terribly difficult, but that was a, sort of a world or a realm that I was in. Um, up in Fort Collins, uh, in the areas that I did do, um, a few verses that I really um, 
spoke to me in serving is uh, Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. It says, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. And uh, do what you serve at, no matter what it is, whether it's sweeping or vacuuming, do it with all, all your heart. Um, also, Ephesians 5, 15 and 17, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And uh, I think just both those verses, uh, uh, I wanted to make the best use of my time and I wanted to do as much as I could. Coming down here to Fort Collins, uh, sorry, down to Denver, um, uh, one of the lessons I guess I learned back up in um, Fort Collins was that everybody has something to bring to the table. I think it's John Meyer talks about a potluck, and everybody's bringing something to the table to share and to um, give to other people in, in serving. And um, so I'd encourage you to think of whatever that is uh, for uh, how you, you might be able to serve. Um, specifically down here, um, Gretchen and I took the FBU class, um, the Financial Peace University class last fall, and we really started gaining traction and paying off debt, and every time people asked how it was going, I was telling them about it, because we were gaining traction, and it was doing really good, and I really enjoyed it, and so uh, I just kept telling people about it. I was like, maybe we should do a class, because another class, because I enjoyed it, and I love telling people about it, and I just think about, don't mean this to be a plug for FBU necessarily, but uh, okay. I think about uh, if we were all out of debt, currently Gretchen and I, our minimum payment per month is about $500. I think about what I could do with that $500 um, that goes towards debt and what I could do with it instead and in the Thrive campaign. Could I give that $500 going towards debt? Could I give that monthly instead of going to the bank or to the car or to student loans or X, Y, or Z. Um, for work with FPU, I mean, I was telling people at work um, about FPU and then I was doing it. And then I was like, well, why not just take it to uh, HR and say, hey, can I promote this here at work and allow people to come to learn about how to get rid of debt and I told them it was on the premise of if your employees are out of debt, I think they will be better workers because they're not going to worry about their paycheck or how many hours they're getting. Um, And really took that in a step of faith to say, I want these people to come to my church and to understand my world because I don't necessarily get a lot of time to interact with them just due to the logistics of my job, but sort of get to invite them into my world at work. And so everybody at work was invited, I think, out of 150 people, only two or two, three or four, four technically have signed up, but it's still four people that I wouldn't have been able to interact too much with to um, come and be a part of FPU. And um, I wouldn't say I'm very good at finances in general, uh, but being that Dave Ramsey sort of has this uh, way and a program to take a hold of it, I've really grabbed onto that and said, yeah, this is really fun and I enjoy it and I love finances now and how can I serve people in that way? And I've even thought about, uh, he has a, a master series that he calls for uh, financial coaching, like taking the financial coaching and being able to help and apply that to the people in the church that might need financial coaching or doing classes or sort of that stuff. Um, so I guess those are my few thoughts on, on uh, serving.
That's, that's great. Good job. Thanks, sir. All right. I'll use that again. Thanks. It sounds like, uh, how many people are going to the class right now? About a dozen or so? Is that right? About a dozen coming to the class, and uh, a number of them have not formerly been with our church. And at the same time, it's really meeting a need. You know, seeing some of the initial feedback, they just kind of do sur- uh, surveys of uh, how much are people needing to get out of debt, how much savings do you have. But I think the amount is well over two to $300,000 of debt that people are trying to get out from under. And, and I think with God's help and some of these principles and, and tools and the support group that, that God's going to bless that as well. And so um, anyway, just an example of uh, someone who is using something that they're passionate about, something that's on their heart. Uh, whether it's abilities or not, I don't know, but uh, it's a part of the shape that, that Zach has stepped out in faith, teamed up with others to do this, and, and we're excited about more opportunities like that. The last thing we're going to close with here relates to another type of serving. And in the New Testament, um, you know, in general, we want to have a servant's heart. We want to be more like Jesus, but there's a very specific type of servant that the Bible also talks about. The New Testament has a, a servant that's qualified, um, has, has character qualifications to serve. Uh, the title that it, that it has is, is a person who's called a deacon, which literally comes from the word servant. And we are in a situation where just as we're managing finances and we're doing a campaign and we're looking at our needs, we realize, you know what, we could use some more help with our financial team at the church managing things and, uh, you know, helping... uh, Helping even just kind of give us, I, I think of it's kind of like the Calvary with the army back in the days. The Calvary kind of told people, here's what's going on on the battlefield. And then the, the commanders and stuff go, oh, took that information. They made a game plan. They carried it out. But we needed more help with the Calvary in some ways to know the financial climate of our church and the world we're in. And then how to, how to respond to that better. And so there's a guy that, as we were talking about it. Uh, there's another guy that's a servant that you, you might have seen this guy before uh, on the stage here at the soundboard in Sunday school um, with the Lego component of the cash store for memory madness. Um, and so some of you might know him, but we're going to invite uh, Daryl Irwin up here. Where are you at, Daryl? Daryl around here. So why don't you come on up here? You guys welcome Daryl up here real quick. And, you know, Daryl's been serving in a, in a lot of ways, but um, as it relates to a deacon, sometimes there's a, a role and opportunity to serve in specific ways, and it's also to serve in a way that has character that's going to be required for those responsibilities. And I've known Daryl for a number of years, for, uh, since back at uh, CSU, I think back maybe in 96 or something like that. We, we actually got invited to the, the servant leadership training class about the same time, I, I think, there, and we were both kind of in shock and awe and what all happened. I mean, it was, it was a cool world of, of uh, leaders and servants getting equipped to, uh, to serve others and advance God's kingdom. But, you know, as we thought about our needs and as we just, we did an evaluation and looked over Daryl's character and, you know, we were pretty sure, yeah, he's, he's qualified by the standards God's laid out here in First Timothy chapter 3. But one of the verses here that, that we thought about, and I shared this with Daryl, was uh, one of the benefits of having a deacon specifically. In First Timothy 3.13, it just says... Uh, when you um, lay hands on a deacon and you kind of put them into service, it says, those who have served well gain, will gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. And, you know, we're going to ask Daryl to really help us with some things. We told him, we warned him that a deacon could mean doing anything that needs to be done. Greg was a deacon of facilities, and uh, boy, I, I don't know if he ever worked on the facilities at all. No, I'm just joking. We, there's a lot more that comes with that, and we told Daryl that, but... Um, uh, you know, there's an opportunity for him to, 
to grow in an excellent standing and gain assurance in his faith. And, and Daryl already has a strong faith, but there's some blessings that we think God will um, fulfill related to that. And, and Daryl has a number of skills and, and hearts and aptitudes and uh, personality and experiences. But one of the things Daryl has is a, a spiritual gift you might not have heard of so much. It's called the gift of spreadsheet. And I think uh, we, are, we are looking forward to using, you know, we're still trying to get that officially canonized in the scripture there, but uh, uh, it's going to be a real blessing to bring to bear. We already have um, Rob and Dale serving in the, the finance team. And so Daryl's going to really, uh, you know, join that team and help out with that. And we're excited about what God wants to do there, but we just wanted to officially uh, present Daryl to you all, and we're going to pray for him here, and then we're, uh, we're going to put him to work pretty significantly. Actually, I think he's already started a spreadsheet this morning here, so that's uh, is very good, but, uh, and then we're going to actually follow up that by uh, just sharing the, the results of the first round of the campaign pledges here, but I'd like to invite up, um, you know, some of you don't know our, the leadership of our church. We have uh, two other pastors here that are, uh, Greg's full-time and Brad is bivocational. But then we also have two other pastors that are in a role we call Pastor Emeritus, who've served as pastors for many years and, and aren't serving in the, in the full capacity of pastoring right now, but uh, bring a lot of wisdom and, and resources and experience. And we're going to invite them, uh, our Pastor Emeritus is up here as well, Dennis and Tim, if they're here. Tim's not here, but Dennis is. But why don't we have the pastors and, and uh, Pastor Emeritus, uh, Tim, come up, or Tim and Dennis come up. Dennis, Dennis can come. Tim is not here today, but we'll pray for Daryl, and then we'll wrap things up here. So, anyways, we might just, uh, I think time-wise, we might just pass the mic and pray and uh, get everyone moving here. We, we do appreciate you guys came to church this morning instead of going to the Broncos pregame party. Um, some who are at the pregame party and even wearing purple, we're, we're as pastors going to talk to them here this week, so uh, they know who they are, but uh, anyways, no, I'm joking, but uh, let's, uh, maybe we'll start over here and just we'll lay hands on, on Daryl, we'll pray for you, and kind of put him, put him into more work here. Lord, we thank you for uh, Daryl and for the heart you've given him to be a servant, to follow your example. Just think of the verse, Lord, it, where it says that, that you were among your disciples as the one who served. And we just thank you for your wonderful example, and and we ask you just to bless Daryl and make him a real uh, contr- contributor here on this team, and use the gifts that you've given him, and and um, find, help him find joy just in in the way he serves. We thank you for him, and just for how you've, you you uniquely uh, blessed him and, and given him this uh, ability and these skills. Mm-hmm. Amen, Lord. I thank you for Daryl. I thank you for his heart to serve and all those ways that um, he's served us thus far, Lord. Uh, we look forward to great things in the future. Um, God, we, we thank you that uh, you've given him special abilities, a special shape um, mm-hmm. to bring to bear right here in our church. Um, God, uh, we pray that you, you would help him to... Um, to help us as pastors steward the resources you've given us, Lord, and as a, a church to help us to make wise uh, decisions with our finances. And um, God, we just we look forward to the future and uh, the ways that you're going to to bless the Firehouse Church uh, through Daryl in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. God, uh, just think when you when you talk to us, you told us if you want to be great in the kingdom, don't be flashy, don't. Um, make a name for yourself. You said, 
be a servant of all. And I just thank you for the example that Daryl's been. Uh, I think just about everyone in this church has been served by Daryl in, in some way or another. And we're thankful for him. We're thankful for that heart. God, we just recognize the work you've done in his life to bring that attitude of serving. God, that character you talk about in Timothy 3 that Rich talked about. We thank you that you've done that in his life. We recognize the work you're doing. And we do just thank you, too, that there's a need in the church with our finances that it looks like a great fit for him to be involved with, to serve you, to serve the church. And we just pray you'd continue to to have the finances here be well managed. You'd uh, just bless um, Daryl teaming up with Rob and Dale and help them just effectively guide finances there and be a resource. And I do pray, too, you just bless Daryl's faith. Thank you for that promise that you'll bless the man's faith that's serving in this way, but we pray you continue to grow him just in all the areas of his faith and, and his service and his standing with you uh, and outreach. God, you continue to just grow him in character and witness uh, and standing as it relates to the kingdom, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen, Lord. I agree with uh, all my brothers here, and we just thank you for Daryl. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his family. God, we do ask that you uh, bless him according to your promise here that you would... Um, increase the the good name that that you've given him lord you would increase and strengthen his faith his assurance his hope of heaven Um, god i pray that you would give him grace to just serve uh, effectively in the needs that we have here and and i just thank you for for daryl and his life and his faith here i agree with prayers for that we ask you protect him and his family um and and lord we just thank you for him and just want to commission him to this work with your blessing we pray in jesus christ's name amen amen all right. Okay. You got that? So, um, okay. Well, we, um, I don't know how's the best way to go about it, but we got, got the tally here on the gifts pledged here from the, the leadership community so far, and um, it's an exciting number. So um, it has several digits in it and things like that. I think it's been translated to... Um, Translated to reflect a monthly amount, is that right? And so our goal that we've been aiming for is $10,000 a month uh, to be able to uh, launch the Southside location and also free up some money to to do some more things here in the Highlands location. But um, it looks like just, I I mean, it's pretty amazing. So... um, so the, the pledge total that we have so far is uh, $7,672 a month. And so um, we just... Amen. Amen. And so we're, we just praise God for that. And I know as, as the leadership community just wanted to be the first to give, just to be an example um, of how they wanted to give in faith and sacrifice and, and generosity here. And I'm, I'm just thankful. I know that I think of the words David shared at one point, just uh, thanking God for an offering that they took. But he just really thanked God that everything that was given was from God as anyways. And so we're, we're just so thankful here. And we're going to be putting out an email this week that would include this amount. And we'll be collecting next Sunday as well the rest of the pledges. We'll also be um, putting the, the region as, as pledged to match us up to a certain amount. We'll be bringing that total together. But um, I just say praise God. That is awesome. And uh, we'll, we'll just close in prayer here and call it a day. Amen. Well, Lord Jesus, uh, God, I just, we stand in awe of you, Lord, and, um, 
your work in, in our lives and in this church. And, and God, we just, we just thank you for the generosity just represented here today. And God, we, we thank you that you promise that you're, you're faithful and you're gracious to your promises to, to respond to people's giving, to bless their giving. And, and God, we just thank you. We, we acknowledge anything given, anything pledged is only something that you've given us to pledge in the first place. And only by your grace that we would keep these commitments. And we thank you that you have a plan for us. You have things you want to carry out using us, things you want to do with us. And we're excited about those plans. And, and we just praise you this morning for, for what you've done in this campaign thus far, what you've done in this church. And we pray all this in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.